radio high five with the explosion. Now it's time for your one and only source for fantasy football news and analysis. Like WCW, this is where the big boys play. With your favorite hosts, Prime Time. He gets his fantasy football advice from 12-year-olds on TikTok. Micah. I put up so many points. And producer Tony. This is the only mic time I get, buddy, so just sit back, relax, and strap it down. Y'all use your podcast as a forum to air grievances. Let me ask you this question. Do you like magic? a shitty podcast like 10 minutes into it i would not listen to this hey fellas i love the podcast music created by brian swanson all right uh i'm recording so whenever you're ready bud welcome everyone to the fantasy football scoop and my poop poop i'm your host giuseppe and with me as always is turtle Turtle, how's it going? Uh, we we finally hit our fantasy playoffs. How you feeling about things? I'm very happy that it's almost over, and uh, Nitro is the greatest team ever. <laughs> well, I I think it's debatable based on the final standings and you know things like that. But you know, what are you going to do? That aside, I think one of the things that we should kind of talk about here with this NFL season is the fact that um, our kind of uh, our fantasy playoffs were, I don't know, I, I thought that the, the, the matchups went down to the wire in, in week one, or I'm sorry, week one of our playoffs uh, for one of the games and was a, a total blowout in, in the other one. So I think uh, maybe there's a problem with our seeding. I know you guys like to shit on me about, you know, how, how our playoff system works. So... Considering we have a, a large group of people, I'll, uh, I'll open up the floor to Micah, who is on the show, producer Tony, who is on the show, and BDI, who's on the show. So I think, what is that? If my math is correct, almost half the damn league is on this podcast tonight. So this is going to be fun. I'll, I'll leave it to you guys. What do you think about the, the seeding? You guys good with the, the first place versus the wild card overall? Or should it be based on some other archaic methodology that you guys want to propose based on all the shenanigans you guys talked about this year during the podcast? You are so bitter. It's hilarious. <laughs> um, yes, we'd like to make fun of Giuseppe. Uh, he's our least favorite commissioner. Uh, but I'm okay with this one. I'm okay with first place versus wild card and two versus three. Um, I mean, I don't like changing rules based off of one year. Uh, so I think normally they're pretty good matchups. Sometimes we even get wild cards upsetting the number one seed. So I'm okay with this. I got a big problem with this uh, scheduling, Bishop. I don't know about you, but... Uh... Clearly, Giuseppe dynamically booked this playoff seating because Santino would have breezed into the Super Bowl if uh, if it was uh, traditional seating. Don't you agree? 
Well, my opinion I, is fluid, but I, I'm definitely on a boat where I don't like any scenario where Sentina loses. Yes, absolutely. So if, if there was a uh, preferred matchup, I will declare the results null and void and that there was a glitch at RT. So Barbara or Pam or whatever her name is. Bonnie. Got to get her on the phone. Hey, Nancy. Hey, Bonnie. Get this fixed. BDI, what are your well, thoughts, Well, I have buddy? no problem with I have no problem with the seedings. I mean, isn't this a uh, tradition, you know, one versus four, two versus three. So um, the only problem I have in this league is uh, the fab system. So, <laughs> um, and, and I'm going to continue to say that's the only problem with this league. It's remarkable. The, let's say the most fair mechanism in the entire league is the thing that you've got the biggest problem with, but fair. I digress. Fair. <laughs> I think waking up at six in the morning was the fairest system you could have because that's where the real men were waking up at six, getting their guys. And, you know, I'd be most of those guys I got from the, from that day or from Tuesday morning or Wednesday morning were keepers like Anquan Bolin. I got him from uh, waking up at six in the morning to get get him. Yeah, but you don't have to do that in order to get the players. You can do it on a normal schedule and still get keeper-level players. Like, Kowalski's got Kyron Williams this year through the FAB system. Worm got Devon Achain from the, the – that, that part doesn't go away. If you find somebody who's good, you just yeah, pay money for him. That's all. Yeah, you see, that's the thing. I, and, I, you know, I got to, you know, now do research – then spend, make a little whatever waiver wire claim and hope to get something. So your issue you, is with the amount of thinking involved. It yes. takes to, to make More the bid as opposed to one or yes. the other. Budgeting. Yes. Budgeting too. <laughs> I like the way I said it, but yeah, that. <laughs> also, uh, do you know how time zones works, uh, BDI? Because 6 a.m. our time is what time in your time, uh, Micah? Uh, 3 a.m. for most of the season, then uh, not 4 a.m. for the remainder. He moved to Arizona. That's on him. He's an Illinois boy. He decided to go where the sun shines all the time. That's on him. No one told him to move and be in the league. I think he's a Michigan boy, <laughs> but I digress. Yeah, yeah so theoretically, it could be 7 a.m. where he came from because they were an hour ahead. But um, All right. Real quick, let's go through kind of like an outline of what the show is going to be. Uh, we'll recap briefly the bowl games. Um, we'll go into the playoff games. Then we'll go into what would be a traditional preview show with the elements that you would expect there and and kind of uh, close out with the, let's say, the, the final, let's say, prediction slash preview for the Super Bowl and playoff matchups. So let's start off with the bowl games. Uh, let's go with the first challenge that was issued, which was me, the host of this podcast, with to producer Tony, which was kind of uh, the the has been bowl sponsored by uh, presented by Fidget Spinners, and it was the Ted Lasso way against Slimy Stilato, and uh, this was a one sided affair in the end. And in the beginning, but the side changed. Um, the first set of games on Saturday saw a 
great performance out of my Minnesota Vikings between Jordan Addison and Ty Chandler. And uh, I was off to a hot start and I kind of was doing a little bit of early trash talking to you, Tony. Uh-huh. But you correctly pointed out that it's not over and uh, it was not. You you mounted a hell of a comeback on the back of James Cook, of all people. Uh 28 points out of him. And then my beloved Dolphin, Jalen Waddell, uh, slapped me in the face, putting up 21 points. Fun fact for a lot of you in the league, Tony and I were discussing a trade early in the year with Jalen Waddell, but unfortunately I didn't want to pursue it because there was no ability to keep him. So I kind of, uh, you know, like let's say lost interest in, in uh, picking him up. But those two guys combined for nearly 50 points. Bijan sucked. Um, have we talked about Bijan Robinson on this podcast at all? I don't know. I haven't. I haven't paid too much attention. Can you? Uh, can you believe that Arthur Smith lost to Carolina, the worst <laughs> team in the league? Nine uh, to seven. I to mean, seven. seven to nine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's 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 remarkable. Like this kid got eight touches, ends up fumbling on one of them, probably because of. Inactivity, if if all you know, if you if you want to chalk it up to whatever, I'm just so aggravated. I have to keep this guy. I mean, because he's clearly a very very good player and should be incredibly productive. But the guy who's currently coaching the team, I mean, my hope is that the Carolina loss has kind of like sealed this dude's fate. Um, well, but well, like know. what I don't get. So like with, with the Bijan Robinson, right? Uh, yeah. before the season, everyone was like, this guy's going to be great. Atlanta's a run first team. They ran first, uh, last year. They ran very well. And it was the same coach, right? Like, so like nothing changed essentially from last year to this year offensively. They just gave it to him and he's just not doing well, or they just don't give him enough. Is it's, that correct? It's no, it's not, it's not that they're not giving him enough. It's just that the, the let's say the, it is okay. It is a little bit of that. The guy's only gotten 20 touches, or I'm sorry, 20 carries in a game once this entire season. Um, so yeah, that's that, already kind of like. Oh, I was going to say, kinda... I don't think Cordero Patterson had like 20 carries in a game last year and he dominated. You know what I'm saying? You, know, eh, you got to remember, Tyler Algier had over 1,000 yards last year. So Cordell Patterson wasn't a timeshare. So I think everybody's thinking was okay, you, you spend a top seven, top 10, whatever pick it was on this kid, he's going to be the cornerstone of your offense moving forward. We saw the production that you got combined between Patterson and Algier. That's going to go 60, 70% to Bijan, but that's not what happened because this guy doesn't use any of their first round talent. Like Drake London, if you see film of this kid, he's a remarkable wide receiver and he doesn't get nearly the amount of targets as he should. I know part of it is because the quarterback is is a trash it's can. It's terrible. But, yeah. Kyle yeah. Pitts. Kyle <laughs> Pitts. It's... Top five pick. Top five pick. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's it's just it, it just defies logic. Prime time. Regardless of the, the the results, right? The results are. You're right. Can be debated in terms of how productive he's actually been relative to the opportunity, which I think has not been enough. But just to think that if you spend three straight first round picks on guys who are being, let's say, underutilized, or at least you're not even giving an opportunity to evaluate them if they're good or not. Like, how, how can you survive as a coach, right? Because at the end of the day, 
the general manager drafts these players for the team. And if the coach refuses to use them and the general manager is the coach's boss, why didn't he just shit can the coach? I don't know. Uh, but I'm doing a lot of the talking here. So, I mean, I, Tony, you got anything to say other than uh, you had a great meal on, on my dime out of this bowl game? I did. We went to, uh, we went to a fancy hipster breakfast slash lunch place. I believe the kids call that brunch. Uh, uh, I had a, a, a traditional Belgian waffle, which was very delicious. Uh, I think Giuseppe got something with avocados or something. What did, what did you get, Giuseppe? Roast beef sandwich with soup. soup the most, let's say, traditional diner meal that you can get. <laughs> yes, it was with very avocado good. avocado on the side? No, the side was the soup. <laughs> avocado soup, yes. <laughs> I just want to say that uh, my team, these two players that exploded all over you this week, James Cook and Jalen Waddell, are mostly the reason that I did not make the playoffs. So uh, thanks for finally performing when I didn't need it. So uh, it did win me lunch, though. And uh, 100% myrrh, Giuseppe, in your face. Yeah, mine was 69%, which is not so nice. 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 But congrats. Uh, well done. You were able to, let's say, avenge your loss to me earlier in the season, something that nobody in your division could do other than K-Wall because I beat everybody in your shit division this year, despite being in the lottery. So, you know, whatever that, that says. Uh, the good news, Tony, is your 95 points was able to win the other two bowl games that you participated in with, or was it three? How many of them? Uh, no, there was three. Two of them on top of that one. Three in total, right? Yeah, it was a, it was a three-way dance. Uh, so I, I also challenged, uh, uh, who else did I challenge? I challenged BDI. Yeah. Me. Yeah, I whooped your ass. Why don't yeah. you talk about your broke ass team this week? I would prefer to wait until we get to the Bob Bowl game right. against BDI to that's talk fine. about his game. That's if, fine. If you don't mind. Yeah. No, that's a that's a great idea. Uh but I whooped BDI's ass and I took on Turtle as well. I lost both to both of these jabronis by one point this year. Kept me out of the playoffs. Uh and Turtle was the closest. He came up with eighty six points. Uh he got a big game from Finally, his his triple uh, wide receivers here, 20 from Cooper Cup, 10 from Justin Jefferson, and 18 from Amon Ra Sun God, but uh, not enough. Uh, I took him down 95 to 86, so I did exact some sweet, sweet revenge this week, and I am very happy about it. Yeah, I'm about, I was a fan, like uh, taking on, you know, three opponents, uh, Two of them you could have probably beaten if you combined this. No, not really. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, it was uh, quite the performance with Tyreek Hill on the bench or on the sideline. Uh, Jalen Waddle performed, obviously, we talked about. But, uh, yeah, Kenneth Walker's like a real running back, dude. That guy's like phenomenal. And uh, I don't remember if he was kept or is uh, keepable, but that, that that's a phenomenal one. He was drafted this year, so he is keepable, yeah. Yeah, because didn't Turtle take – he kept Jefferson and uh, Sun God, Sun right? Man. Yes, correct. So he's got Cooper Cup and Kenneth Walker. That's not bad. Yep. I do like Kenneth Walker a lot. He's, he reminds me a lot of Nick Chubb, but my worry is that he's more fragile and they also drafted Charbonnet, and I don't know what they're going to do with them. But, yeah, congrats, Tony, on going 3-0 and in your bowl games. 
And we'll move into the next bowl game, which uh, was the challenge that Bobby Big Balls uh, threw down for BDI. <laughs> and, uh, of course, BDI, instead of just being a man of honor and accepting it, had to put in some additional stipulations that tipped the scales in his favor, in which the payment, instead of being received upon victory or defeat, is to be paid for services rendered at a later date. So if Bob wins... BDI has is the let's say given the grace period of paying for his league dues uh, the following year, but if BDI were to win, he would expect payment immediately. Cash, um, yeah, probably cash. I didn't see that that spe- that specifics of, of it, but uh, yeah, Bobby almost scores one hundred more points than uh, BDI. This is uh, Before we get to the the matchup, Giuseppe, I want to talk to BDI a little bit because yeah. you were you were on vacation, and while this this challenge was issued, so why don't you talk about uh, your vacation first, and then how did you see or hear about the challenge because you were out of the country? So uh, I went to Giuseppe's uh, homeland of Italy, and I saw the Vatican in the Colosseum, basically. And I ate at a place, only at one place, and because we weren't hungry, we didn't have an appetite while we were there, but we ate at one place, and I got lasagna. So I found a place that had lasagna. And uh, it was okay. It wasn't anything fucking mind-blowing. So, But yeah, that was pretty much my vacation. We just saw the bad kid in the Coliseum. And we came home. So what and was then you... I got to sit on the way back home. I got to be on first class. That was dope. Wow. So. Give us uh, give us your review of Rome and uh, Italy in general. I'm, I'm very curious with uh, Giuseppe here. Well, uh, I can only give you, I'm not going to give you a generalization of, of Italy because I've only been to Rome. But Rome reminded me a lot of like Athens with all the closed shops. Uh, very similar architecture, obviously, since they stole our architecture. Um, and, uh, besides the, the ruins and the ancient stuff, which I give a 10 out of 10 cause it's dope. Uh, I mean, it looked like a fucking ghetto. I saw fucking human fecal matter in a corner. So, you know, it was fucking pretty, pretty bad there. So, and there was a riot or something going on or a protest going on there when we were there. So, um, they had a, a lot of, co- a lot of, uh, um, army dudes with their like mp5s just walking around oh and we saw lamborghini like unveiling of like a police car which was pretty interesting they wouldn't let us near it like not near it but like even cross the street they told everyone to go back across the street and uh that was bad it so yeah it was overall it was a fun trip it was short just two days but it was good so two days, and you had one meal, and it was lasagna. Giuseppe, uh, do you have any uh, follow-up questions? Not really. I mean, look, the the trap that most people fall in when it comes to visiting Italy is trying to see too many places in too little days. Rome, realistically, you need a minimum, I would say, of 10 days, and even that's still on the light side to actually get a feel for what the city is like, because it's a massive, massive city and people only see the, the city center. 
they don't realize that the airport, which is part of the city, takes about 40 minutes to get from the airport to the city center. That's just how, how much land, let's say, there is for Rome. And there's a lot of different, let's say, characteristics where you got the catacombs, you got the Appian Way, which is, you know, what the old aqueduct system is. Then you've got like the actual city center, and then you've got different areas of that where, I mean, like BDI, did you even see like there's a pyramid in Rome, which a lot of people don't know about? So that there's like various types of architecture that I would say were not stolen, but instead the way the Roman Empire worked was they kind of adopted and accepted other people's cultures and kind of like created a world in which people were allowed to continue to, let's say, utilize their same, it's like whatever it is, architecture, whatever it is about their places, they have, they kind of were allowed to bring it in. That's why they were relatively successful as, let's say, a, uh, an empire because they weren't like super uh, oppressive like a lot of the other ones were f- relative to that de- era. But we're not having like a history podcast. So what I would say is this. Uh, Rome, like most Italian cities, and probably I would say most countries, each city or region has their own cuisine. So trying to get lasagna in Rome is not the best thing to do. But you know, you'll find stuff that's more than adequate because people cater to tourists that are coming in and they know how to, let's say, do enough to get by when it comes to making things that are not that that style. Micah can vouch for me that if you're looking for, you know, traditional food from a region, odds are if you find the right restaurant, even in that, not in that city, you'll be able to find it. Like we were able to, I took him to a Roman restaurant in Milan and I thought, and I think it's one of the better ones. And the food is is very similar to what you find in Rome. But then when we, we went to Bologna, we got some of the food that's from that area, which is where you do find lasagna, by the way. And and again, it's a different type of food, but it's still very good. But Micah, you, you'd be you tell me. Maybe I'm I'm wrong, but no, you're correct. Yeah, lasagna is for the tourists in Rome. I uh, got a lot of regional food and BDI. If you would listen to my pizza tips. You would have seen the pyramid because the rude Lazio pizza place, the metro stop is at the pyramid. Sorry, I mean, <laughs> it was it was just a lot of walking and whatever. So like and we were super jet lagged and we had like tweeted, you know, it was just jet lagged and we were only going to be there for two days, so it wasn't like a huge loss. But we might go back there again because. Uh, Oh, it's an excuse. There's a good pizza. I can go wherever I want. (laughs) All right. Well, talk about uh, the challenge. Uh, Like, how did you find out about the challenge? Like, were you looking at the message board? Oh, the challenge I found out about when I, I mean, was got some internet access when I got back home. So then I accepted it because, I mean, I wasn't going to go down. I wasn't going to be like, oh, no. So, yeah, I mean, sucks that I had to pay uh, him his uh, dues. But, yeah, I mean, whatever. I made my stipulation. That's right. I wanted my money now. And I think he wanted his, his shit to get paid for next year. So, or he might have left it. I don't know. Maybe he wanted to leave. He was just maybe looking for an excuse. I don't know. But, yeah, so now he's, you know, now he's going to be in there next year. So, there you go. I lost. I suck. Um, it's always next year. Yeah, I mean, Christian McCaffrey almost outscored your entire team. <laughs> yeah. Just, uh, just kind of... Uh... <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, 33 points there. Uh, Tampa, Baker Mayfield put up 30. Uh, Devontae Adams had an, a nice uh, week putting up 18. Debo, uh, a, a very good game there. Yeah, just all across the board, I think uh, Bob d- did well. Haywell was quite happy that he was not able to to make the playoffs because this would be a let's say a, a much different Super Bowl if 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 he were able to do if he would have been able to make the playoffs. Um, very successful season for for Bobby Big Balls. I haven't had a chance to to say it, but you know, super appreciative that he came into the league and he seems to at least be getting the spirit of it while maybe not understanding all of the, the rules and how things work out. I think he'll pick it up over time. And he's, he's got the tradition down. We, I did some research and I showed, I shared the results with Tony, but in uh, Mike Leitro's second year in the league, he was the highest scoring team in the league and finished 500 and didn't make the playoffs. So not while Bobby wasn't the highest scoring team in the league by any means, he was the highest scoring team in the division, didn't make the playoffs. And, you know, has this huge outing here this week. And of course he signs up for the rumble and odds are he's not going to put up this 122 and he's going to have to clean out for, for next week. But I guess that's, that's yet to be seen. So congrats to Bobby big balls for his uh, dominant win and his ability to get a free roll for, for next season. Last bowl game. We've got uh prime times make it. So against uh, Micah's Serbia, with Dusan Tadic as the owner. Why, what, what made you make the decision to go with uh, Tadic, Micah? Oh, just because he is currently the greatest football player on earth. That's uh, something that uh, we can all agree on. Facts. Mm. Okay. I don't even think he's the best Serbian player. That's, I think, Sergei Milinkovic-Savic, or maybe even Kostic, who plays for Juve, but Whatever, that's fine. Uh, one twenty six to sixty seven. You nearly double up prime time. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. You guys talk. This is your game, your challenge. Yeah, I'm going to uh, jump in here. So you, I haven't you talked guys give a, a break on. Yeah. So obviously, I was going to lose because I checked the the inter- the inactive report, and Tyreek Hill and Chris Olave are out. So I'm like, okay, well, I'm done. Like, if if, if I knew this was going to happen. I wouldn't have made this challenge, and I would have challenged BDI, obviously. Um, but I, I thought I had a chance at a, a, my regular lineup, so I thought I could beat him. Uh, but he started a guy named Sam Laporta, who is a tight end, who caught three touchdowns. Also, I didn't watch a second of football today or this week, and I saw something that said the Raiders scored like 60-some points. Is that accurate? <laughs> yeah. They scored like 35 yeah, points they, in the first quarter. Yeah, like 42 quarter. points at halftime. Yeah, it was, yeah, insane. It was insane. Holy cow. That's uh, Yeah, I'm looking at that right now. I'm like, wow. After losing three. by three to nothing the previous week. Was Rich Gannon at quarterback or something? What's going on? It was Ken Stabler. Kenny Stabler came out of retirement. <laughs> yeah. Or back from the death because he might, he might be dead. So, <laughs> <laughs> Well, I got nothing to say about my team because they're all injured and terrible. But I want to hear about Micah's team. Well, I was expecting uh, a bit more effort for the for the ethnic cleansing bowl presented by NATO. Um, one team showed up, another team did not. Powered by David Nijokovic. That uh, was just, uh, just perfect timing. Unfortunately, it didn't happen in the regular season, but uh, 
I'll take it. Solid keeper right there, in Djokovic. So, uh, but fun- um, he is. But I, I will, I will mention that David Joku, he is keepable, and I'm willing to entertain all trade offers. There can be players involved. There can be some cash money involved if that's legal. I will even accept comic books. Hint, hint. I don't have comic books anymore. I sold them all. That's too bad. Paul. What what did you get for the Aquaman? I want to know. $500. Wow. Amazing. I got graded. So realistically, let's say I put initial investment, buying it 40 getting it uh, graded 40 so, you know, then it was 420 uh profit i got i'm gonna I'm, so a five times i'm gonna a five times i five x it but i'm gonna talk out of school here for a minute so that year that you gave giuseppe the aquaman comic okay did yeah you, did you know that it was in worms work bag the entire year no <laughs> i mean it was it wasn't a, it wasn't like a great comic book like quality in the first place. It was like a, I think I graded a four point four point two or something like that, and threw it up there on eBay. Someone paid five hundred bucks. So, <laughs> hey, that's awesome. Glad it worked out for you. Yeah, you know, yeah making four big money I'm moves. A hint of eucalyptus. All right, let's get into the actual playoff games here. Let's start with the uh, – let's do the two versus three. We've got the matchup of Cologne Rocks against Santino's Lucky Wolf. Yes. And yes. the – Yes. The, the, the luck, unfortunately, came to an end for Santino. I think we were all really rooting for him Well. I don't know about BDI, but most people who have, let's say, common sense in a heart, we're rooting for Santino to kind of Soul. finally, let's say, take that that next step. He's he's been on the cusp. He's he's made uh, Super Bowl appearances. We all know about his countless fourth place certificates that adorn his walls. Tough loss came down to Monday night. He needed a, a, a relatively big effort out of AJ Brown, but Philadelphia let let not only Santino down, but I think they're letting down a lot of uh, owners who carried the Eagles into the fantasy playoffs because they're on a uh, quite a losing streak right now, and it's it's definitely impacting fantasy performances. He had a great game out of Brock Purdy, though. 29 points there. Santino, it's so funny because he went into the, the season keeping um, Trevor Lawrence and somehow has been able to find somebody who's been better than him throughout the year you know, despite the, let's say, some of the underachievements that Lawrence has had this year. Uh, Edward Solaire had a pretty good game, you know, coming in as a backup for Pacheco. But, you know, you guys all know how it is. When you get to this part of the season, it's slim pickings on the waiver wire. So if you've got a couple of injuries, it really puts you behind the eight ball. And that's really what what really hurt Santino here. Um, I mean, McLean, he's just, he's got that, let's say, savvy experience when it comes to the playoffs. And I actually was was saying this in the message board, and I almost hit it exactly. 
that I said that McLean is going to have one of those games where he has like an 80% mer, but still finds a way of winning because he has enough options. And with the, the guys on his bench putting up big points, he kind of could have shuffled uh, any number of chairs and still got the victory here. Uh, primetime Micah, you know, what, what do you guys think? Do you think that, would you have done anything different if you were in Santino's shoes? Would you have actually played a Noah Brown over Cortland Sutton? Or is there anything that you think that you might have done different to try to try to get a victory here? Actually, well, I thought Noah Brown's the only thing that stands out, but he got oh, burned the, the week Mike prior. So wrong. No, dude, this was clinched. Santino should have won this game. If anything, A.J. Brown was playing by the water in Seattle. To me, this this was going to be like a three-touchdown game for him. So I, I'm not quite sure what happened. I didn't watch the game. But uh, according to Santino's documentation, I think Santino should have won this game. You know, it was raining, Bishop. I so I, I wonder if the humidity and the precipitation kind of messed with the relationship to the to the water. You know what I'm saying? It, it messed up so the you're chemistry. Saying could have been too much water. It's too much water, yeah. I think that's what it was. you got to be close to the water, but not wet. That checks out, actually. <laughs> Makes sense to me. There's no flaws in, in that argument. But unfortunately, you know, like I said, for Santino, his, his playoff run ends here. He will participate in the third place game, which we'll talk about his opponent right now as we move on to the one versus four, which was... K-Wall's Robot Unicorn Attack taking on Team Taylor. And I guess Worm was no trouble, trouble, trouble for K-Wall as he more than doubled him up 108 to 51. I don't know. I mean, I I look at Worm's team and I'm I'm in shock that he won won enough games to make the the playoffs to begin with. I'm sorry. I know it was just his birthday. Happy birthday, Worm. I know you don't listen to the podcast either, so I guess it doesn't matter what I say. But, I mean, Stevie Lamb, we all know, is 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 fantastic, and he's he's had a great fantasy season. But beyond that, like, I just don't – I don't know how, how he's he's done it. Like, Micah, you, you play in this guy's division. Like, BDI, you guys play in, his, in, in this division. How, how did you guys let this happen, let him get all these wins to get into the playoffs? Some people just get lucky, man. It's just the way the cookie crumbles. My team, yes. My team sucks. I'm a terrible <laughs> owner. I don't know what I'm doing half the time. So, uh, yeah, uh, that's why he's getting there. When I thought think I know what I'm doing, it changes the next week. So, you know, this guy fucking. Worm always makes it. Fucking what's his name? Uh, the guy that uh, McLean. He's a, he, ever since he's been in the draft, he took over Pee Wee's team. Basically, that guy's been a winner. I mean, I don't know. I I feel like usually when I have a good team in the last couple of years, you know, well, not in the last couple of years. This year, I thought I had a pretty decent team, but apparently, it wasn't good enough. So, um, I mean, so to be fair, this was a really weird year. Like. At the bit, you know, through half of the year, everyone was five and five and terrible, except for Kowalski. Uh, and then the cream rose to the top, I guess, and worm made it in. 
compared to all the other, you know, sub 500 teams uh, that you, you could talk about CD lamb a lot, but that Trey McBride dude who I've been making fun of like literally every week. Uh, I don't know, dude, he seemed pretty good. <laughs> I don't think uh, that's keepable worthy, but uh, David Montgomery was normally consistent this year too. He was getting double digits almost every week when he was playing. Um, yeah, just didn't pull out for him this year. But, uh, yeah. Warren Warren has also been very good this year at, uh, if you look at his scores, he has, like, his wins are heavy where he's scoring, like, 100 points, and he has, like, these off weeks. So, like, his weird 8-16, and 16, he put up 100 more points quite a bit, particularly at the start of the year. Out, out the gate, he was pretty much on fire. He had, like, I think he had like three or four, like hundred point games, and he had some like low kind of like this kind of effort going on here. So it's just like a weird, uh, weird anomaly kind of a year, you know, for a lot of people. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm personally, I would say I'm very impressed with K Wall this year. Not only let's say did he he draft well, but he really played the waiver wire effectively in the sense that, like for example, Keenan Allen and Josh Jacobs were both out going into this week, which is a lot to to manage considering where they were in terms of, let's say, performance this year. Jacobs a little bit less than Allen, but Allen was, you know, a bonafide top wide receiver basically this entire season. And he was able to kind of fill in the, the gaps with he starts Jalen Reed in a spot start and he gets some fifteen points. You know, he, he made the trade for Tony Pollard so that way he had the let's say that role backed up. But the same thing with Joe Burrow, right? Joe Burrow between injury ineffectiveness and then back to injury, he was able to, you know, Russell Wilson's been uh, more than adequate as kind of like a fill in putting up 14 points. You know, Travis Kelsey's had a, a down year because of, I think injury. You guys keep speculating. It's a Taylor Swift thing, but I think it's, it's, it's a combination of Matt Nagy. <laughs> it's Matt Nagy and the injury. I think if, if I had to, to say something about, about that matter, you know, okay. in terms of, In terms of uh, Worms, let's say, performance, you know, great to get into the playoffs, but he gets an opportunity to exact, let's say, some revenge on Santino in that third-place game while K-Wall moves into the championship matchup with the winner from last year, which was uh, McLean. That'll wrap up, the let's say, what we call the recap show. Now we'll move into the preview show, and like every preview show, we start off with the waiver wire. Waiver. Wire. Waiver wire. Death had the American dream that the road bringing you the waiver wire for week two playoffs in the fantasy football championship league. First up, we got Cologne Rock acquiring the Mill White running back from the Las Vegas Raiders for 29 points. $29. Let's see who you don't drop. I can't see this. Can't see too good. Need my glasses. We got, uh, he looks like he dropped a Brandon Cooks wide receiver from Dallas. That's a bad thing to do. You don't want to drop them Dallas boys. He also acquired Seattle Seahawks quarterback for $21 and released the Atlanta Falcons quarterback. And he wasn't done just then. He also acquired the Cincinnati Bengals quarterback, or kicker, the kicker for the Cincinnati Bengals 
and release the New Orleans Saints kicker. New Orleans. And lastly, we got the Robot Unicorn Attack acquiring the Houston Texans kicker for $0 and releasing the Chicago Bears kicker. Look like that's going to do it for the waiver wire for week two playoffs. Fancy Football League. Thank you very much for that. I think I like the Zamir White play. I think he's blocking Josh Jacobs from paywall. That's that's smart. Uh, let's say strategic play by McLean there. I, I think that was that's a crafty move going into the the championship game. Probably a good sign on his part based on the very let's say numerous number of transactions that Kwal made last week. Picking up and dropping Amari Cooper 17 times. <laughs> uh, awesome now, management of the budget from Cologne Rocks uh, because K-Wall had zero dollars, uh, Worm had zero dollars, and Santino doesn't know how to use the waiver wire. So uh, he, had, he had a leg up on uh, all of these uh, other playoff teams. KYP, baby, know your personnel. He knew who his, his opponents were in this playoffs and what their budgets were and, and used it effectively. So, yeah, great job there. Uh, Tony, do we have any emails? There's a letter in your mailbox. <sighs> I'm still trying to get over uh, a, a Dusty Rhodes uh, appearance at the last, very last waiver wire of the season. I I'm struggling. Yeah, what to, was he doing this whole year? I don't know, man. Uh, maybe he was, uh, you know, down in Nolens, you know, eating them crawfish or whatever, whatever they do down there. <laughs> Not real sure. Jambalaya. <laughs> Hot jambalaya. All right. Um, yes, we do have one email, and it is from Kowalski, as uh, he's been sending in an email every every week, and he reads, Mike, Jaden, Fish, LOL, Jets. Kyron, stop fumbling, buddy. Travis in lowercase. And then Tony, I score the same amount of points as Chase Brown, Pollard. And it says hashtag year of the unicorn. So thank you, K-Wall, for the email. Fantastic. Well, thank you for... I guess the season performance for K-Wall. Forget about, let's say, just this week. He did a hell of a job week in, week out. He's traveling. This is a holiday week, and he was still able to send in an email. So kudos to him. Very curious to see if he sends one in uh, next week, win, lose, or draw. I, I think he will. It just seems seems like it's in his nature, but you know, I'm, I, I, until I see it, I, I'm curious about it. All uh, right. We have the Rumble this week. I sent a couple of, let's say, notifications on the message board and a commissioner note about it. Just as a quick reminder, one week, winner take all. Whoever has the highest scoring uh, performance for the week is the winner based on whatever's in the pot. And uh, I think I've captured everybody who is in this rumble, except for one person. And thankfully, he's he's on the podcast, Micah. Are those characters that you put on the message board, you saying that you're in this thing or not? Because I put you in, but I don't want to use Google Translate for fear that I will get on some sort of government list based on those characters that you put on the message board. 
So those uh, characters are currently under sanction from NATO and the EU, but yes, that confirms my participation in the Rumble. So I am good to go, and hopefully I'll be winning some dinars. Okay, great. Thank you for that confirmation. That makes me feel better about everything. So at this point, we are recording on Wednesday evening Central Standard Time. You have approximately 20-ish hours to confirm if you haven't already whether you're going to be in the Rumble. At this moment in time, we have five participants in the Rumble. We've got Tony, uh, Primetime, Micah, and BDI. I am abstaining this year what? because I hate fantasy football. I didn't want to. I haven't wanted to participate in fantasy football in general the last three years, but I keep doing it because I, I keep waiting for this damn coup to happen. This organized takeover by Micah Santino and company. I'm welcoming it with open arms, and yet every year we get we get another year that goes by, and I'm still forced to participate in, in this tomfoolery and these shenanigans. It's actually 4D chess to keep you in the league. We talk so much uh, smack about overthrowing you that uh, we don't actually do it, and it makes you stay. It's kind of funny. It's, I mean, it's working out in your favor because I'm definitely tired of it. That's for damn sure. <laughs> uh, all I, right. I'm just more excited uh, about the mock drafts. That's all I care about. Is it because you're that not is the best part? Hey. as much. I won it two years ago, man. Like it's it's not about winning. It's about just fatigue. I have more titles than all of you guys. It's not about the winning. The winning part I've, I've grown tired no, of. It's the that. time commitment. It's the time difference. It's the inability of being able to track this stuff. It's it's a lot of those things that have just made me. Let's say it's the the, the product on the field. Like primetime talks about it all the time. I know he's an old man, but in a lot of ways he's 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 correct it's not the game that it used to be it's i mean the the officiating is absolute garbage it's not getting any better with replay because it's not being used in an effective manner the inconsistency on what is a let's say personal foul on a or a late hit on a quarterback versus what isn't it's just it's absurd it's getting worse and i don't enjoy it nearly as much as i used to so i mean that's that's the big reason why it has nothing to do with say the, the winning or losing in fantasy football i can i can safely say that i think i've accomplished enough to say that i don't need any more championships i keep waiting for prime time to catch me again but at this rate mclean's gonna catch me before you and you've been in the league since the first bless year it. so yeah, <laughs> i knew you were gonna go that route and uh i kind of agree with you one because it was my point but two uh the winning isn't even like a big deal for me. I just want the damn fucking trophy, dude. Like, I don't care about the money. I want that thing back in my house. Like it was so nice when it was in my house and now it's not at my house. So that's all I care about. That's what I'm mad about. Hey, I mean, I'm sure it hurts even more because you paid for the damn thing too. You can't even get it. <sighs> dude. And, and I would pay for it again. I might even buy like another <laughs> one, like a, like an exact replica and just keep it at my house. A bigger just one. So I could stare at Make it. Make it bigger 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 yes. yes uh just a quick anecdote about being old because you mentioned that in your little diatribe there uh there was a bowl game like yeah. two days ago where chad pennington's son was the quarterback for marshall and josh mccown's son 
was the quarterback for the other team, and they played in a bowl game like two days ago. How does that make you guys feel? I think that bowl game was yesterday. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, uh, yeah, it, it's remarkable that we're we're to that level where – but, I mean, McCown was playing like a couple of years ago, right? Like it's not even that far removed. Or am I misremembering things? No, he was. Was he in the league like – Yeah, within... it was like three or okay. four years ago, I want to say. Yeah, it's, that one I feel less bad about. The Pennington one, okay, because clearly the the McCown thing is he got started like at sixteen or something like that, and now he's got kids who are who are ready to go for the NFL. But the Pennington one that that does make me feel old. How many years do you think are we away from being like three generations Ooh. that we've seen in the NFL? Uh, I'm pretty sure it's fairly like, soon because Asante Samuels was like just playing and his kids are already in the NFL. Is it like, like not bowl game? So, but what I'm saying is, but I'm saying I'm like his about, kids like, about the, to have a kid and it's going to be with in the next six yeah. years. Hmm. Okay. Like, okay. That's yeah, my. I mean, because I think years. we got we got to be getting pretty close. Philip Rivers to, to seeing that happen. Philip Rivers has like 30 kids, so like at least one of those kids has got to have a kid. You know what I'm saying? The way that uh. The way that he pumps them out. Yeah, I, I'm pretty yeah. sure we talked about this before. How the entire league is going to be Philip Rivers and uh, <laughs> who's that guy? Antonio Rogers Camardi. Yes, yes. Didn't the whole Travis league is going to be them. Who? Oh, I'm maybe. Sure Travis Henry was one of those guys on the list too that had like and, like and Sean seven Kemp. Wrong yeah. <laughs> sport, but yeah, <laughs> yes. It's the sport where the the likelihood should be the highest, right? Because you can play at like 18, 19 years old. We'll we'll have to see. Uh, I don't know who's a, who's a junior of somebody who's already in the league. I guess like Steph Curry's kid, right? In like ten years, potentially. We saw Del Curry when we were kids. Steph Curry now, and then like Steph Curry's kid. Huh. It's gotta it's gotta happen sooner rather than later, and it's gonna make us feel even older. <laughs> I'm waiting for the Thanks. next generation of Grammaticas. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, you would. No, nah, I'm not going to go there. I'm not going to go there. What I will go to instead is the third place game, which is <laughs> Santino's Lucky Wolf against Worms Team Taylor. It is a uh, divisional rivalry uh, that's lasted for decades and decades. And according to RT Sports, we see that Santino is a one point favorite. And in typical RT Sports fashion, as a 49% chance of winning because nobody knows how the hell this thing works. Oddly enough, both teams have full lineups set probably because there's no more bye weeks, but I can confirm that Santino has logged in and made roster changes because it's got Noah Brown and Pacheco in his lineup and neither of them were in there last week. So as far as predictions go, I don't even know where we start. We should probably start with the expert from the division itself. So let's go Micah, BDI, I'm Time, Tony, and then myself last. Well, there really isn't uh, much reason to pontificate here because it's already been written that uh, that Santino will be gifted a third-place certificate. Uh, he's got a good roster this week. Um, Brock Purdy keeps lighting it up. Ezekiel Elliott, he's bound to have a two-week-ago game. I mean, the Patriots are on a, on a wild collision course with Destiny this year. 
they never drop the ball. They're always doing awesome. And uh, I just can't get over that uh, that Clippers game. So Santino's going to win. <laughs> BDI, go ahead, bud. Yeah, BDI. Uh, um, man, uh, I'm going to have to go with uh, Lucky Wolf. You know, the, I'm just going to say thing, I think they got a better team. I mean, Sweetie Lamb is going to be. I mean, I mean, I guess Worm does have a pretty good team too, but that's why they're in the playoffs, and I'm not. So um, I think Stan's going to win since he was a division winner, and I'd rather him win than uh, Worm. All right, it's my turn. Uh, this might be a heel turn, and I don't care because a lot of times heels do uh, the wrong thing for the right reasons. So I'm going to take Worm because Santino broke my heart last week, and it's going to be very difficult for me to bounce back from that loss. And, um, yeah, I don't think I could pick Santino again. We'll see. It is the end of the year. Maybe I'll change my mind next year. But my heart's still broken. I am speaking with, you know, I'm a torn person. Uh, this hurts a lot, but uh, give me a worm. Man, a real clash of the titans here in the Dicka division. Um, uh, Brock Purdy versus uh, Kyler Murray. Uh, is Are either of those guys over six feet tall? I don't think they are. It's a... Uh, it's a, who is going to be the tallest midget is is the real question. And I don't know if Worm has enough eucalyptus spray to mask the stench of his team from last week. Uh, he's rolling out Zay Flowers again, uh, who scored one point last week against San Francisco. I don't love that. Uh, he's playing two Cardinals against the Bears defense, who are, who are elite, as you know, Bishop. I don't love that. Uh, but Santino's playing a man named Noah Brown. Uh, I, I really don't know what the hell is going on in this game, but I think Santino's got enough to win. I think uh, Worm will get a fourth place certificate uh, sent to uh, sent to his residence, and uh, Santino will reign the third place champion, but number one in our hearts. I mean, timing is unfortunate for Santino here. You've got Jamar Chase and Christian Kirk both out. And that means he has to play Noah Brown. And of all the teams to go up against, they're the it's Cleveland Browns, which we all know have an elite defense. And Worm's benching... Is Saquon hurt? Or is he just flat-out benching Saquon Barkley? I thought he was going to bench him he last looks... week, actually. Really? I mean, the problem with, with A-Chan is Dallas has a very good defense, and Miami's entire offensive line, yes, entire offensive line was missing at practice today on top of Tyreek Hill and everything else. Miami's running into, I mean, last week they had the Jets, which was they didn't need to have anybody there, but they've got a really bad stretch of games now against really good opponents and their injuries are just absolutely piling up. So I don't see a huge game out of, out of, uh, a Chan either. 
Montgomery, I mean, Mike is my, you know, Detroit expert. It looks like Jameer Gibbs has kind of like fully taken over that job and Montgomery is is there just kind of to, to spell him at times. But and Tony made an excellent point about Kyler Murray playing in Chicago. I know the weather is going to be pretty decent for this weekend, so there's nothing to worry about in in that regard. But the defense has definitely improved. They're turning over quarterbacks left and right. I believe they turned over Jerry Goff five times in the two games that they've they've played Detroit. So I don't I don't see good things there. But on Santino's side, it's like, okay, great. You got Brock Purdy's putting up all these numbers, but they play against Baltimore, who has a pretty solid defense. Uh, I'm gonna take Santino. Um I think that the he gets a good game out of maybe AJ Brown uh, and maybe a bounce back from Pacheco from from injury and and those two guys might be able to to get enough to to propel him into that uh, third place uh, role here. So I'll, I'll go Santino there, and then finally for the Super Bowl game, we've got the matchup of last year's champ. Lone Rocks and McLean against K-Wall's Robot Unicorn Attack. K-Wall 11-3, the top seed who has basically led wire to wire this season against McLean, who kind of had to battle it out all season with, with Bob and ended up on top in the end. The line is a minus two for K-Wall and a 56-point favorite. Uh, let's do, let's say... Reverse order, so I'll, I'll start, and then we'll just go backwards, so that way we can we can close it out. And I'm going to go with uh, K-Wall. I think that the dude has had an incredible season. Normally, what ends up happening when you get to the playoffs and you, go on, and you have a run like this in the regular seasons, your luck runs out and you get eliminated, but that typically happens in the wildcard game. I think primetime, you were kind of mentioning that that happens when we were talking about the seeding thing. But he was able to put up over 100 points, missing a couple of key pieces like Keenan Allen and Josh Jacobs. And that didn't deter him from putting up points. And this week, he has some really nice matchups on his side. I won't go into too many details because there's 17 other people who need to preview this game. But the one I'll call out is the Kansas City-Vegas game. Kansas City's at home. If Travis Kelsey can't get a touchdown this week at home when Kansas City's fighting tooth and nail to get uh, positioning in the playoffs, then I don't know when it's going to happen. So I've got K-Wall getting his first championship over uh, McLean. I'll jump in next. And uh, this is... I wonder... I would love to, to see some research on this, uh, Micah. This sounds like a great thing that you would, you would love to do. Is uh, How many times has the Shula played the balls Mahoney in the Super Bowl? I would love to know the answer to that question because I feel like it's a, a yearly affair. Um, and uh, K-Wall, <clears throat> we've given you a lot of shit about the, uh, the very easy schedule that Giuseppe cooked up for you this year. Uh, we all know that he's been in cahoots with you uh, all year. and uh, But... You also have uh, scored the most points, and you seem to score 100 points every goddamn week, no matter who's hurt, uh, how many times you pick up Amari Cooper, or uh, who was the other guy? Josh Palmer. Yeah, that was, that was last week. Um, you seem to be making all the right moves this year, and uh, I think you got one more week in you. Um, I think... Uh, I think Travis Kelsey does get off the schneid this week in a division game on Monday Night Football, which is going to be crazy for the Super Bowl. 
Um, <clears throat> and is that uh, that's Christmas Day, right? Just up Monday night. It is, in fact, that is correct. Wow. Well, I think Giuseppe uh, K-Wall will have a Merry Christmas uh, this year. I think he will uh, return the balls Mahoney to dominance yet again. And uh, I can't wait to see what Bishop is going to say about this. Yeah, it's it's definitely going to be good to have the trophy back in our division. Uh, Yeah, I'm going to go with uh, Dan as well. I think he's just been unstoppable this season. He also has the lesser amount of Thursday, Saturday people going. And for some reason, I whenever people start Thursday, Saturday people, it makes me nervous. And uh, McLean's got a lot of that going on. Uh, but he is starting a jet, so I think it's going to be closer than people realize. Uh, let's see. Playing Jared Goff. That's a good play. I like that play. Uh, yeah, I'll take Kowalski. Uh, it'll be close, but not like, you know, worried about on Monday night, but it won't be the BDI blowout we're used to seeing. Yes. So based on looking at this team, I'm probably going to go with Kowal as well. These guys just look, you know, I know they are a lot better than the other dudes. I know some of them, obviously, but not all of them. Um, and I think some of these, his running backs are like hit much right now, especially Austin Eckler. People are talking a lot of shit about him. Um, and, yeah, just, you know, K-Wall was a dominant, destructive team today this year, 11-3, and three, so I'm going to go with him. Take us home, Micah. All right. Um, I am going with an upset. I am picking McLean to win. I'm doing so for a couple of reasons. Kowalski's starting two tight ends. And uh, McLean, he has guys that are kind of going into a nice streak and peaking at the right time with Rashad White and Rasheed Rice. This actually might come down to the Rasheed Rice versus Kelsey matchup on Monday night. And Rasheed Rice seems to be getting the the bulk of the targets from Patrick Mahomes at the current time. He also has Joel Mixon going against Pittsburgh. There's a lot of weird stuff going on in Pittsburgh. Um, it's in Pittsburgh, but Cincinnati is still in the playoff contention. Technically, Pittsburgh is too. But I think there's some potential for, for Joel Mixon to have a good game there. And uh, New Orleans is trash, so... I'm just going to pick uh, pick McLean in an upset victory. There you have it. Micah closes us out with a McLean pick. Whatever the result is, we're sure that it's going to be a, a close matchup. The, the lines by RT Sports are close for both of the games. So we're looking forward to some exciting football going into the holiday. And we'll be back next week to close out the year and and kind of, let's say, put a bow on it and set us up for the 2024 season where Primetime maybe will give us a sneak peek of his first version 1.0 of the mock draft next week. Who knows? Maybe. We'll, we'll see. Uh, we'll, we'll see how he feels now, and how actually. much progress. I was going to yeah. say how much progress you make that maybe you can share your first version live during the, the podcast. I don't think we've ever done that before. 
And so it might be good to do something a little bit different. Um, all right. So best of luck to the teams that are in the, the championship and third place game. Everybody have a good holiday, whether you celebrate or not. Enjoy some time with family, friends, away from work if you can. Enjoy some football because we've only got a couple of weeks left of it. And this has been the, what are you calling this? Super Bowl Fantasy Football Scoop. Eh? Eggnog. Boop. <laughs> All right, show's over. I'm tired. Fantasy Podcast now available on iTunes. Also, email us at scoopandpoop at gmail.com. <laughs>